Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Hey, Clone Wars fans, welcome back to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. This is episode number 104 for the episode Frontrunners. My name is Matt, the Crankster Cranky, your co-host for the evening, and joining us from a very rainy Canada, it's Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? Yeah, it is, uh, it's raining like Topoca City out there. Uh, <laughs> it, it's coming down. It's crazy. Uh, it's just been pouring rain all day today. So on it, well, a bit on and off, but when it comes down, it's coming down. It's like uh, in episode two, in the scene where uh, Obi Wan chases Jango Fett and Boba Fett out to the Slave One on Camino, and it's just pouring rain. It's raining harder than that outside right now. So it's uh, it's wet. It's wet. That's good. Well, you know what? I got just the thing for you. So let's head on over to the news, and we'll uh, we'll check it out. Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. So, Mike, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Topoca City in the rain in in Canada, Mike, because (laughs) isn't this weird? It's a coincidence that one of the things I brought up for news today was Star Wars lightsaber umbrellas. And you got to get yourself one of these now. huh? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey, these things are pretty darn cool. I'll tell you what. Uh, There's three of them. Anakin's uh, blue shaft with the Jedi insignia. As far as the canopy part, it has an insignia. There's a Darth Vader one, of course, with the red uh, shaft. And an Obi-Wan, also blue. And the Darth Vader has the Imperial Signia on the canopy part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the lightsaber hilt with the lightsaber going through the umbrella. Pretty neat little thing. It comes with a carrying sheath as well. Uh, the, the actual umbrella folds down, but it doesn't, um, I guess, retract into itself. Yeah, it no, it doesn't collapse. No. Right, right. So, um, and these actually aren't that expensive. They're only 29 bucks, and you can find these at, of course, Think 
geek.com. They have everything <laughs> you ever want. You know what I'm saying? Uh, pretty cheap price, though, 29 bucks. So pretty cool little thing there. I, you know, if I lived in, like, Seattle or something like that, I'd definitely have one of these on the standby at all times. But these are pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I've actually seen them out in the wild uh, for purchase. Oh, and, you have? Okay. And it's funny that they're twenty nine ninety nine on ThinkGeek because if you tried to buy one recently, they, they were upwards of like $60. So, Because wow. uh, I had seen the Obi-Wan Kenobi one at Fan Expo Vancouver uh, a few months back, back in April. And I was very, like, I wanted to get one, but it was like $60. And I was like, that's a lot of money to pay for an umbrella. I have a good umbrella because I live in Vancouver. So you have to have one. But yeah, uh, yeah it, at twenty nine ninety nine, I'd definitely be more inclined to pick up the uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. There you go. Umbrella, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. It's pretty cool. Something I scoured the internet the last few days and I saw that. I go, wow, that's, that's a pretty neat little... Uh... Neat little item. Hey, the next yeah. thing I want to talk about is, um, and this is a pretty big deal, Mike. Uh, New York Comic Con, uh, Delray announced a couple of new Star Wars books. And uh, there's a new Han Solo classic era novel written by James Corey. And it's part of a new Rebels series of standalone novels set in the classic era. But the one I wanted to highlight, and I want to get your take on this because you're a Kenobi yeah. fan, is a new no- novel by John Jackson Miller, tentatively titled just Kenobi, and they have a nice uh, photo of it set after the events of Episode Three. And mm-hmm. Mike, this is a really—I mean, this is big time. I mean, this is the stuff that there's not a lot out there about this this era. One of my one of the eras that I you know I want to see shown in movies or TV uh, is this After Three era. And while yeah. this is a big, big undertaking by Jackson Miller uh, to take Kenobi after the events of Episode 3, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I'll say, I'll echo what I said on on our Facebook group, which is that uh, I, I'm excited to be getting a new Obi-Wan Kenobi book just about him, of course. But I, I much would have preferred it be uh, James Luceno, who wrote the revenge of the sith uh the dark lord and the labyrinth of evil uh novels which are all amazing right i mean dark lord is one of the best star wars novels ever written in my opinion mm-hmm. um so i mean I, I i i'm excited about this i don't know this john jackson miller guy i've never heard of him before so i don't know what his writing will be like so it'll be interesting i'll definitely uh, be looking into to picking up an audiobook of it. Uh, I've actually just been listening to Darth Plagueis uh, on on Steve Glosson's recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told me that I absolutely had to had to read and or listen to it, uh, and uh, and so I, I picked up the audiobook for that, and I've been listening to that. So it's kind of got me in the mood to to do some more Star Wars. EU because Plagueis is definitely, definitely pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm hopeful that that this Kenobi book will be uh, of a similar sort of like here. Let's let's you know sort of give give you the behind the scenes everything that has happened between Episode Three and Episode Four for Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Uh, but I worry that it might be less than stellar. Because if it is less than stellar, uh, then there's it's less likely that we'll get an opportunity to go back and you know uh, visit that. So yeah. uh, and I and I'm only I'm only worried about that because of the fact that this uh, John Jackson Miller is a, a bit of an unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. To to the Star Wars fans, I if if I knew a little bit more about him, uh, I I'd probably be a little bit more excited for this. Like I said, if, if it was James Luciano, I I would be all over this. Like I'd be like, when does it come out? When I want to read it, and and I'd be going nuts for it. Right? I mean, the I I listened to Dark Lord on audiobook, and it was that is just such a stellar story. It's, it's one of the best put together star Wars stories in a long time. So definitely. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to, to be that excited about this, but we'll see. Yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, I just reading what, um, Jackson Miller said on his blog and, and this is where, you know, you kind of like, wow, it's going to be after episode three, but he says he must, uh, his toughest challenge is going to be stop being Obi-Wan and learn to live as Ben. So, you know, are we, are we not going to have, um, you know, the, the adventures of Obi-Wan, you know, it's like, we're not going to have yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi anymore. You know, we're going to have, we're going to have old Ben. So how is that going to work? I don't know, but, uh, it definitely looks, you know, the, the cover and everything looks kind of neat. So yeah. definitely interesting to see what they're going to do with this. Uh, the last thing, uh, before we hit the recap is, Hey, Toys R Us, man. If you guys are around there, they have a BOGO going on. Buy one, get one, 50% off on all Hasbro Star Wars merchandise. Uh, Fighter Pods and Darth Maul Returns Battle Pack for $17.99. I've been hanging my Toys R Us because I'm trying to find that darn speeder bike. I haven't found it yet. I've been there three or four times. That uh, exclusive Toys R Us speeder bike that's all the rage. I've, I've seen lots of pictures and heard lots of great reviews on that thing, and I still haven't found it. What speeder bike? Is it uh, Revenge of the Sith? Uh, is it... Oh uh, no! The, the, uh, no, the yeah, Return of the Jedi, uh, the classic oh, okay. Endor one. Yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, so I've been looking for that. So I, I'm so out of the loop on collecting <laughs> right now. Yeah. 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 No. No, that's uh. But hey, Toys R Us, buy one get one. You can't. It's hard to beat those uh, fifty percent off sales, especially cool. with some of the cool stuff out today. So. Uh, I think that's going to do it. Anything else in news in the last week, Mike, that hit you? Are you ready to hit Yeah, no, I, I haven't really seen anything else. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'm just excited to talk about Front Runners. Well, let's do it. Alright, 
Mike. Let's start off with front runners. Here we go. The Jedi Council continues to observe and advise the rebels uh, as the rebels strive to gain momentum against the Separatist forces. Despite the absence of civilian casualties, public fear has ensued as reports of the rebels' daring strikes circulate throughout the city. In Malgan, in, uh, in Malgan Market, Lux Monteri and Ahsoka Tano slink past droid patrols and hide amid the stalls. Merchants and pedestrians, Lux tosses a droid popper into a thick into uh, the thick of a squad, zapping the automated soldiers. Elsewhere, Sagarera guns down a droid who is checking civilian IDs. From a rooftop, uh, rooftop vantage point, Stila Guerrera snipes at a droid checkpoint, while Rex and some armored rebels take out a dwarf spider droid. Though no civilians are placed in jeopardy, the Andronians are nonetheless alarmed by the outbreak of uh, violence in their city. It is the fifth time this day that an insurgent attack has shattered the peace. So, Mike, uh, we're on part two of this Onderon arc. Mm -hmm. uh, and we get to see the Onderonians uh, kind of using their new talents they learned last week. Uh, you know, droid poppers. Lux is using the droid poppers. Saw's using his blaster. Steel is using her, uh, I guess, blaster sniper rifle. Yeah. Uh, Rex is helping out as well. So, uh, they're trying to get the attention. Uh, of this King Rash, we, we're going to meet here in a second, but um, yeah, you know, we, like I said, we get to see these guys starting. And here's another thing that I just noticed today. Uh, my second watching is that, uh, like it says here, the people are still unsure mm -hmm. of what to think. You know, do they go with these rebels, or or they're kind of scared? You know, they're like at this point where they don't know which way to turn yet. Uh, and they talk about this a little later in the episode, so. Uh, that was something I noticed on the second uh, time I watched. Like, wow, not all these, uh, not all the civilians of this of the city here are kind of behind this quite yet. They're kind of scared of these rebels, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I, I found the the core of this episode to be a little bit. Uh, it's not that it was unclear. It was it was completely clear in in what they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a bit of a disconnect with visually uh, and just plot wise how that all connected. There, like we got no indication last episode that that the majority of the people on Onderon really don't care, um, and that's really that's how it felt. It doesn't feel like they're being oppressed. It doesn't feel like they're upset. Mm -hmm. uh, it just feels like there's a bunch of people who are really mad that there's battle droids on, in their city or on their planet. So they've decided to take up a resistance. Uh, I don't really understand what it is these rebels are rebelling against other than separatist occupation. Um, it, 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 to me, it just... I don't know. It feels almost like... Uh, obnoxious teenagers who are rebelling just because there's something to rebel against. And then the fact that the, that this rebellion seems to be made up of fairly young individuals is only kind of lending to that feeling for me. So as much as I wanted to uh, enjoy what was going on in the episode, and I did, the, the plot just seemed to lack a couple of story points for me that, that could have made this a little bit more impactful. Uh, their, their eventual triumph is kind of 
I don't know, it's kind of diluted by the fact that it never really feels like they were fighting against anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not like in, in uh, episode one where we see Naboo occupied by the droid army and people being taken to internment camps and and processed and all of that sort of thing. So, uh, like, removed from their homes. Everybody seems to just be going about their lives. Right, yeah. And... And then these insurgents come in and they just start disrupting stuff. And it feels like, like, I understand why the people would have a problem with the insurgents. I don't understand why they'd have a problem with the battle droids. The battle droids just seem like security, right? Like, because right, uh, right. uh, in, co- like, let, let's, let's compare it to, to the season finale episodes uh, from last season. Uh, we saw security droids just wandering around like like keeping the peace on, on in that little remote outpost at the beginning of of the uh the episode where he goes to the trash planet right um uh, i guess i guess that's brothers yeah in, in brothers, the beginning yeah. of brothers i mm-hmm. uh, so we know that that most people really don't have a problem with droid security forces uh as long as they're not causing problems and it seems like they're not causing problems uh, the the king is definitely a jerk, as we'll get to in a second. But um, most people don't seem to care, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so it just seemed a little bit odd to me that that they didn't try and relate that a little bit more for us, so that we could feel something about it. Because I just didn't really feel anything about like I, I wasn't rooting for the the insurgents for the rebels i was just kind of like why are you guys fighting again i don't understand <laughs> so well i think it i think this gets answered maybe at the end where you said the people don't care because you're right yeah. at the, in the beginning here they're kind of like i said they're just scared they don't know what to think and they're not behind the rebels yet but i think throughout this episode they kind of gain it and then towards the end there we'll see them kind yeah. of change their change their opinion so um but yeah i, I agree with you go ahead mike uh, in the royal residence, Sanjay Rash looks over his vast kingdom. Word that the royal carriage was attacked, an attempt on his life, gives him pause. Rash orders his captive predecessor, King Dendup, to call off the attacks, but Dendup quite rightly declares he has nothing to do with them. This insurgency is the will of the people and will only end once the droid occupation ceases. So this this king reminds me of Caesar. Obviously, he had the same kind of mm. gold, you know, plated clothing or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, definitely reminded me of, of Julius Caesar with the look. Um, and we get to see the previous king here, Dendup, Dendup, I guess his name. Uh, and he's telling him, you know, hey, uh, you know, Rash calls them terrorists, these rebels. Yeah. And uh, but the king he says, you know, I, I had nothing to do with this. You know, I've been locked in a jail cell. Yeah, uh, I have nothing to do with this rebellion. I don't know what you're talking about. It's it's the will. He he calls it quote unquote the will of the people, and uh, he basically tells this end up. Hey, uh, it's up to you to end this. He, he actually tells Rash, it's up to you to end the, end the attacks. Yeah, uh, and the only way you're going to do that is by getting rid of the droid army. And of course, he's manipulated by Dooku, as we'll find out later. So that ain't going to happen. But uh, that's kind of the impressions I got from this. This King Rash. Well, the the uh, great the great line that that King Dendup has is uh, is that this is the will of the people, and it's up to Rash mm-hmm. to embrace it, bend it, or break it. And uh, it's up to the king, is what he says to to 
to embrace it, bend it or break it, which I thought was a really mm-hmm. uh, interesting line because he doesn't necessarily say any of those three is correct. He just says as the king, it's this is your job. This is what you're tasked with. Yeah, you can embrace the will of the people and essentially be a king of the people. Mm-hmm. You can bend the will of the people, which is to to convince them that your way is the proper way. Or you can break the will of the people, which means, you know, you, you stamp out insurgencies and rebels uh, and, and you deal with people who would go against the will of the king. So I... Uh, he said he's essentially saying to him like look you, like this is for you to deal with you can end the droid occupation which would be embracing the will of the people uh or you can crush these rebels which would be breaking the will of the people right like mm-hmm. he has one, he has those three options or he i guess he can bend the will of them to to convince them that the droid occupation is what they want but uh, or in their best interests, I should say. But that doesn't seem to go over well with with Rash. He right. uh, he's he seems a little bit like he just he's kind of like a like a little kid. He's like they're not doing what I want them to do. Just make <laughs> yeah. them do what I want them to do. Yeah. Right. So right. Yeah. I, th- I thought That's that was interesting. Point. It was kind some... of pouts a little bit there. Yeah. Um, the rebels and Jedi uh, return to their safe house, while the Jedi congratulate the rebels on their successes. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka warn them that the general populace is fearful of their actions. The rebels need to win the hearts and minds of the beleaguered citizens. Saw doesn't quite understand. He wants to continue fighting the droids. Stila, however, recognizes that while the people may be hopeful, they are afraid the rebels can't succeed against their much more powerful foe. Lux, uh, Lux suggests hitting a big visible target to demonstrate the strength of the re- rebellion and give the people something to overcome their fear. It, judging from the reactions I saw today, I'm afraid they will mistake your intentions. We need to do more damage. A few dozen broken down droids will do little to free Onderon. The people need to believe we can succeed. Without their support, our efforts are meaningless. If they're afraid, they won't support us. We need to assure them of our intentions. I don't understand. Why are they afraid? They're afraid we're not strong enough to win. We need to earn their trust. You'll have plenty of time to earn their trust. All of you are going to be very busy. Today was only a taste. You'll get your chance. In the meantime, make the most of your victories. Welcome and learn from them. Perhaps if we hit something big, give a show of strength, they will overcome their fear and join us. Do you have something in mind? I know the perfect target. So, Mike, uh, here's where we get uh, the Rebels and Lux and the Jedi uh, all discussing the events so far. And, and this is kind of a cool scene right here. You know, they, they realize they're in a delicate situation, right? Uh, Ahsoka notices the public reception. You know, it, it's, it says the people are still fearful. We talked about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stila states that the people need to believe the Rebels can succeed. And they need to support the people and they need to know that the rebels can can win. So they realize that uh, they have to show the people that hey, we're gonna we can make this work. We can win this, and don't be afraid to to jump on the bandwagon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they need to find a way to to do this. And uh, and and Lux has a way to uh, to do this, and we'll find that 
we'll we'll see that. And he wants to hit something big. We don't know what it is yet, but he wants to hit something big. So uh, we're going to get that here in a, in I think the next paragraph here. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, the Jedi must return to Coruscant. Obi-Wan and Anakin assign Ahsoka to stay behind and act as an advisor. The Jedi will continue to provide supplies and credits, but it is imperative that the Rebels learn to operate independently. Uh, I, this was interesting that, that they leave Ahsoka behind. Yeah. And uh, Anakin's kind of like, are you sure you want to stay behind? I know you're conflicted. Um and we'll we'll get back to that in a second in, in another scene, mm-hmm. but uh, but she does she does indeed want to stay behind. I think a lot of that has to do with Lux. Yeah, it definitely, definitely. We talked about that last week too about Lux yeah. and her, and and there's another instance of that uh, in this episode as well. Uh, at dusk, Ahsoka and the rebels scope out a massive industrial area, the principal power generator that feeds substations throughout Assis. By destroying it, Lux hopes to rob the invading droid army of the source of their power. So here it is, Mike. He's got this great plan. Here's the plan. He's going to go after the power generator, right? And although the the droids operate independently now, I think uh, in episode one we saw that the droid control ship, it was hit and then every single uh, droid was, uh, you know, fell over or whatever, right? Yeah. It stopped working. Well, apparently they're independent now, so that's not going to happen. But... You take away their power supply and uh, the limitations, you know, you get to see the limitations of using droids that sooner or later they're going to need to be recharged and without the power generator, uh, they're done for. So that's his plan. Um, pretty good plan, I guess, you know, and, and to show the people that uh, this rebel uh, alliance is something to deal with. So. What do you think? Yeah, plan? yeah. I'm, it, it's interesting that they get away from the whole uh, battle droid control ship scenario because because mm. I guess they somebody probably brought that up. Like, well, if you wanted to deal with battle droids, once you've sort of figured out that that's the trick, yeah, it's pretty easy to get rid of them, right? Um, and and I guess somebody somebody on the staff at, at <laughs> the Clone Wars realized this and thought, let's. <laughs> Let's get rid of that then. Let's let's imply that that's no longer the case. That the separatists are on to the the fact that that you know the the republic knows this, and uh, and and we'll have to figure out a way to make them independent, and they have. So uh, so that that trick's not gonna work. It's not gonna fly. <laughs> no. And I thought that was really interesting because we just saw recently uh, in a in a summer movie. Uh, the whole droid control ship plot point working again uh, in the Avengers, right? So, oh, yeah. uh, and people complained about that. So, uh, obviously, I mean, and this would this would have been written a few years back. They would have been recording these episodes when we were at the last Star Wars celebration, pretty much. Uh, and so uh, that means that Dave Filoni is well ahead of his time. And understanding, we can't do that again. People didn't like it the first time, <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good point. I like the Avengers thing too. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly that's right. It was a droid control ship on the Avengers. Yeah, but with different species. Anyway, uh, yeah. go ahead. Here's uh, with quick reflexes and brawn, Saw pulls the head off a patrolling battle droid and returns to the Rebels with the mechanical cranial unit. The Rebels hook the head up to a Republic-provided robo-lobotomy device. (laughs) 
That's a mouthful. And yeah. produce a holographic map of the facility with the overwhelming sentry units delineated. It will be a challenge to take the generator, but Stila and Lux figure enough firepower will make a difference. The Rebels' next assignment is to capture an AAT battle tank. But first, they must lure one by causing enough of a ruckus. Donald uses a speeder packed with electromagnetic pulse charges to block an alleyway. A phalanx of battle and super battle droids marches past the vehicle. The Rebels trigger the charges, knocking out a dozen droids. The Rebels then open fire on the rest, and a battle droid calls for backup. You know, I love this scene real quick. Um, the Rebels, of course, are attacking at night now, and I love this slide attack by by uh, Saw. He's starting to show um, that he's a pretty darn good warrior. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just something that just like, oh, that was pretty cool. You know, he, he kind of runs in, he slides, and as he's sliding, he leaves a, um, you know, a detonator right underneath one of the droids. And it, was, that, was that Saw or was that Stila? Uh, I thought it was Saw, uh, but... I think it was Stila because Ahsoka makes the comment and says, uh, nice, nice improvising or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I had to, because the point was that she was compensating for the fact that she can't roll the droid popper. Right. Okay. Under them. Right. I, I'm pretty sure that Saw and Lux managed to. Oh, I know what you're talking That's kind to of a get little it bit under. later. That's a yeah. little bit later. In the oh, episode, is that a little bit later? Oh, well, okay. yeah, we're kind of in the same area though. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're yeah. right, though. You're right. They did do that. She, um, she does have the problem with that. So, they they improvise. Um, her and Lux and uh, Saw. Yeah, I I know you're I know where you're at now. So, uh, but yeah, no, some pretty good action there. Uh, Stila, she's again with the with the sniper. She's got she's uh, a crack shot with that uh, sniper rifle. So, mm-hmm. uh, but just want to mention that action sequence right there. Pretty good stuff right there. Yeah. Um, Let's see where we're at. A pair of destroyer droids rolls into the alleyway. Ahsoka and Steela scramble for cover behind the speeder. Saw and Lux race through uh, adjacent alleyways in an attempt to outflank the droidicas. True to his training, Saw rolls a droid popper under one of the droidicas, disabling it. But Lux flubs his roll. Steela saves the day by dropping a popper right at the, dro- uh, the last droid's feet. So that's what we were talking about right there. Yeah. I think... Uh, that whole saw as he's rolling by. Uh, but a g- great sequence there. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, moments later, an AAT comes lumbering around the corner. Flanked by super battle droids, the rebels are once more pinned down by superior firepower. But Saw and Lux team up to drop electromagnetic charges into the tank. Stila shoots the rest of the foot soldiers with her sniper rifle. Uh, saw attempts to reboot the AAT systems, but to no avail. Steel, however, is much more technically inclined. She gets the tank up and running again. What are you waiting for? Give me a second. Do you know what you're doing? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. You boys having a problem? No, no problem. Why? Well, come on. We need to get moving. Hey, who put you in charge? All right. Get out of the tank, hotshot. This needs a woman's touch. Fine, be my guest. We need to get to that power generator before they realize this tank's gone missing. We're running out of time. I was gonna do that. Uh-huh, sure. Couldn't have done it better myself. Now that's the truth. 
And, I, you know, I like this nice moment of levity here, Mike, and amongst this, all this battles and stuff going on. A little bit of levity there. You know, I like uh, a nice moment between Lux, Saw, and Steela inside the tank trying to get it going. And obviously, another pretty cool reference to uh, Han Solo there. No, yeah. uh, no, no problem at all. Why? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I heard that. I go, oh, there you go. Nice one, you know. Uh, you know, those things, I, I kind of like that, you know. Once in a while, you're kind of like, oh, okay, but... For the most part, I kind of dig when they do that. You know, I love the the references, the the dialogue references to the the original trilogy. Did you uh, obviously you caught that too, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's pretty good. It's subtle, and that's what I liked about that one. Yeah. Sometimes they can tend to be a little bit too on the nose, yeah. uh, or or too too memorable of a of a line. You know, where it's uh, I don't know. It's it's just like I said, it's too obvious. Yeah. Uh, that that that's what they're going for is a is a reference, mm-hmm. um, but that one was nice and uh, and it could have slipped right by you if you weren't oh yeah paying proper attention right right and he said it kind of with the same type of cadence that uh, yeah. Han Solo did but obviously just a different yeah uh, different voice so pretty cool though yeah. uh, the rebel controlled tank rolls towards the power generator station Ahsoka and Steela disembark to draw enemy fire. From the cover of a vendor station, Steela opens fire on the battle droids guarding the main portcullis. The droids march away from the gate, and a second squad of battle droids come from an adjoining alleyway. Ahsoka sparks up her lightsaber to cover Steela. Saw fires the tank's main cannon, blasting through the gates. A squad of commando droids come rushing out to defend the station, but they they are blasted to pieces by Lux and Steela. When the turret recharges, Saw fires at the exposed generator. The power generator erupts in an immense explosion, knocking the city into darkness. Excellent teamwork, by the way, by Lux, Saw, and Steela. And Steela snipes while uh, Lux and Saw, they're, they're drawing the fire, and she's just picking mm-hmm. off these battle droids uh, just, you know, from ways away. But a good, a good, some good teamwork there and everything. Uh, under cover of night, Andronian citizens cheer on the rebels as they continue their attacks on the droids. The Andronian rebels gather in their safe house to celebrate this victory. Via hologram, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Rex allow the rebels for their success, but warn that the next steps are crucial. It is imperative for the rebels to win the support of the people. They will need a leader. And here's, Mike, another instance um, where I thought to myself, and I had to make some notes on this, that great uh, scene with um, Anakin uh, and Ahsoka, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Anakin, uh, he's, he's, he notices stuff. And, he, and we talked about this a little bit earlier about, uh, you said Lux and her. This is why she's kind of like wanting to stay there because of Lux. And Anakin notices this and he goes, hey, Ahsoka, you need to stay focused, right? And Ahsoka says, hey, I can't help it, master. And Anakin, yeah. says, Anakin says, I understand. You're like, whoa, wait a second. You know, um, is is he thinking what I'm thinking? He's thinking, you know, is is he on to this that he's got the sweets for Lux or she's got the sweets for Lux, you know? And it yeah. is, and he obviously knows, hey, you know, I know what it's like. You know, I'm, I'm he's thinking to himself, geez, I'm married. So I know what you're going through. You know, I yeah. understand. Uh, so are they are they setting us up for something? I don't know, man. What do you think? Uh, you know, that is very, very incredibly dangerously close. Yeah. to uh telling ahsoka what's going on so like yeah it's it only takes another step or two 
for her to realize what he's referring to. Um, again, it they're they're flirting with the idea. I think that that Anakin is going to tell Ahsoka about his relationship with Padme. Mm-hmm. I, I and I think. God, I, I really think that I'm right. That and everything seems to be pointing in the direction for this character that she's going to leave the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Dave Filoni doesn't want to kill her off. I think that's what people expect. So uh, for for twofold reasons, he doesn't want to do that. One because he cares about the character, and two because it would just be sloppy storytelling to do what everybody thinks that you're going to do, or what the logical thing is to to get rid of that character. Uh, in time for episode three. So I, I really think that she is going to, uh, leave the Jedi order and, and that it's not going to be her and Anakin aren't going to, to part ways amicably. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I I think that it's going to be a point of contention for him. And that's why he's going to, uh, not mention it at all in episode three he's not going to bring it up because it's going to be the sort of thing where like he just doesn't want to talk about it mm-hmm. right because it's a it's a soft spot so um so i i really think that's where they're going with this i think that they're they're sort of leading up to the possibility for that storyline uh, i could be completely wrong though no, I, you, you got to be on something. You know, I, I'm thinking the same thing because they keep. This is the second episode in a row where they're hinting at Anakin and you know him kind of sensing something's up. You know what? You know, is it just hey he notices that you know uh, Ahsoka's kind of looking at Lux and kind of taking care of him a little bit, or does he through the Force does he sense? Does he actually quote unquote sense something between these two? Like wow, she's starting to fall for this guy. This could be. This could yeah. lead to attachment. This could lead to this and that, you know. So, um, yeah, you're right. I think I think they are setting something up here, something big. You know, maybe Lux dies or something. I don't know. Um, some even could he go that way too? So I don't yeah. know. We'll see, yeah. But uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff in here. King Rash, um, or excuse me, uh, the droids. Man, they're no match. Uh, even more so without the power. Uh, they have, they end up having no communication, so there's no way that they can, um, you know, they're just sitting ducks out there. And then, of course, the people of Onderon, they start to believe, Mike. They're starting to believe. You see here, I'm starting to cheer now. Free Onderon. Uh, they're starting to cheer. So now they're starting to get the, gain the, the respect of these. Um, the, the rebels are starting to gain the respect of the people of Onderon. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's cool. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, finish up here. Uh, sorry, where are we? Where uh, King Rash? King Rash, King yeah. Rash watches the darkened city lit only by the burning wreckage of the power station. He contacts Count Dooku, desperate for assistance. Dooku, though disappointed in Rash, agrees to send him uh, reinforcements. Better battle droids under the command of a superior tactical droid, General Kalani. This was my favorite part of the episode. Because, first of all, Dooku. Dooku's <laughs> who, back. Who we have not had a lot of Dooku uh, in the last couple seasons, and I'm really hoping that we get more Dooku this time around. Uh, and uh, this new tactical droid is very cool looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very similar to the, to the previous tactical droid generals, but uh, just a little bit more sinister. Kind of... When you think of uh, battle droids to super battle droids to uh, droid commandos, mm-hmm. 
this is the droid commando of, of the tactical droids. He looks a little bit nefarious to me. He's uh, he, he looks a little bit hardcore. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm very excited for next next week uh, or this week I should say and mm-hmm. watching uh, this this tactical super tactical droid take over. Uh, he looks very intense. Yeah, I was I was like I said happy to see Dooku. I wasn't expecting that. It kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, cool. Duke yeah. is back, you know, and he's here to get these guys back on track. You know, the, the rash is like, hey, these rebels are too much for us, man. We, we don't know what to do now. And uh, he's got just the thing for him. We're going to have a lot more uh, droids coming in, and, and this new tactical droid is going to be coming in next week. So, yeah, uh, very cool. Um, I will finish up here. At the safe house, Lux and Saw disagree on the next steps. Saw wants to continue the attack. But Lux wants to assure the people first. Steela believes a solution lies in the balance of both, uh, both approaches, with a continued effort to recruit new rebels to the cause. The rebels rally to Steela and vote her to be the leader. The temperamental Saw is disappointed by this outcome, and he storms off. We need to build on our momentum and continue our attacks to keep them off balance. We have to assure the people first. If we keep disrupting their lives, we risk alienating them. We have to gain their trust. I agree with both of you. We can balance both. We also need to recruit others to join us. Onderon is ours. We will remind everyone and keep reminding them until we get it back. All in favor of Steel as our leader. Raise your hand. Okay. Looks like it's been decided. You're the leader. Saw. Let him go. He just needs to blow off some steam. He'll be back. I can't. Why? He's my brother. And that's how we finish it up, Mike. We find out a couple things here. We, they have a new leader. Steelers elected the new leader. And uh, kind of what we kind of knew that uh, yeah. Steela and Saw were brother and sister. Um, I didn't think anything else uh, of that, but uh, they kind of confirmed that. And they're talking, um, you know, this group, they're celebrating. And like we talked earlier, Mike, they're, it looks like they finally got the trust of the people. Now it's time to, to take this thing to uh, the next level. You know, uh, they got the support of the people, like I said. And, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. And Dave Filoni explains it fairly well uh, in the commentary. Uh, and he's talking about this in a more grander scheme about the Rebel Alliance mm-hmm. and how it kind of started here. And the factions of this are going to kind of spread through the galaxy like, oh, wow, you know, militias do work uh, against uh tyrannical empires, if you will, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, after episode three... The clones are going to be turning the empire, and then we're going to get more rebels. So it's a it's a really good uh, really good insight by Dave Filoni on that. If you haven't seen it uh, and you're listening, check it out. Uh, you'll enjoy that. You get a good uh, a good description of what's going on with this Onderon arc. So mm-hmm. uh, what do you think, Mike? This episode, hey, another one to set up things. You know, we're talking what a three or four part arc. So uh, nothing groundbreaking or crazy exciting or anything. Just kind of again more set up here. Uh, decent episode. Nothing that I'm gonna you know 
run out and watch three or four times, but uh, it was okay. You know, it was all right. You know, setting everything up again. Like yeah, no yeah. Problem. I mean, I, I think I think it was a fairly passable episode. Uh, it didn't do all that much. I. Uh, that I don't think we were expecting, uh, or that we weren't expecting, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just kind of filled in the gaps in the story so that we can get to the next point. Like I said, I just had that one major issue that it doesn't seem like they're really fighting for anything, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of... Everything seems okay to me. Onderon doesn't seem like it's in dire straits. People aren't starving in the streets. It's not not that dramatic right so uh if they could just sort of bump up that sense i think maybe they would they'd have something mm-hmm. but uh but yeah it, i mean other than that i thought it was pretty good uh, yeah, it was, yeah it was a good episode setting up for uh next week do you know if this is a three or four part arc do we know yet uh, I think it's a three-part arc. I mean, I can't. I could. So we're supposed to finish it up next week, huh? Yeah, we can always we can always guess based on uh, on episode titles, and uh, I believe I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, well, next week's episode is uh, the Soft War. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, well, obviously next week we'll we'll have another. Uh, another story on Onderon, but right. it's it's whether or not after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how come I can't get to the list of episode titles? There's yell- listeners are yelling. Hey, the next episode is this. Can yeah, you? no, they are. They're they're <laughs> screaming at me. I uh, I had it memorized at one point because we Did had you? those first five titles, but I uh, yeah yeah look up that Wikipedia. Um, you know what? I can I can check it out too because now I, I now I just I have to know now. You know what's going on? Now yeah, that we yeah. got it up. <laughs> you know what my problem was? I didn't go to Wikipedia. I went to Wikipedia, thinking oh, that okay. I'd be able to get it easily there. And I really should have just gone to uh, gone to Wikipedia, like any logical <laughs> Star Wars fan would do. Uh, okay, it's so it's called here's... tipping points. The ne- the the one there after the next week, tipping points. Tipping points, and then we have an old friend, and then the rise of Clovis. So this is a four part story. I'm I'm gonna bet that tipping four points yeah. is the uh, the rebels take control of Andron as the king falls, but their victory comes with a sobering cost. Okay, so it is a four part arc. So we yeah. Know. So we're halfway through this arc. Um, so we'll see what happens next week. Next week, uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, let's head on over. You want to, let's, let's go to the mailbag. Let's check that out. Yeah, let's do that. Wait a minute. Play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I saw part of the message. You... I seem to have found it. Okay, Mark. Uh, this time we're actually going to hit uh, Facebook, I think, today instead of a mailbag. Uh, we got a new member that's been posting a lot. Uh, Lederhosen Trooper. Uh, and he says, uh, so when they try to sneak into a cease toward the end of the last episode, they try to disguise themselves as trappers or something. Yet no one reacts to the fact that they are wearing armor, at least Saw and Bonteri. Yep, those droids are uh, a bit dim and they can't even recognize an explosive device. They are really funny, especially the one being thrown over the tank. And they are polite. Check how they act outside the gates to a cease. Polite droids for the win. 
And talking about droids, I loved the probe, probe droid. So he's talking about the last episode, and yeah, um, we had mentioned the probe droids. Great refer- reference to uh, the OT back again with a, the original sounds. And um, here's the point, Mike, where we're talking about the last episode, the end of it. And they have to get into the city, right? And it's 21 minutes out of 22 minutes. What are they, uh, they got to do something quick. And this is probably one of those points where they don't have time to write a really clever way to get in there. So uh, let's just go with, hey, let's just pretend like we're uh, normal city folk. and We're just going to roll in here past these battle droids. Pretty easy way to get in, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I and and you know what their their ruse of being hunters, I don't think is probably too far off. I would imagine that one of the reasons why they had all that equipment is because some of them were hunters mm-hmm. previous to uh, previous to the droid occupation. So, I uh, that that to me actually made a lot of sense as a uh, as a way for them to get in. I mm-hmm. uh, so so that worked for me. I mean, it it didn't bother me at all yeah. that that was the their their plan for getting in because hunters would have you know they they'd be be dressed in in some pretty uh, heavy equipment to deal with the beasts of Andron. I mean, we're not talking about uh, you know peaceful little Naboo here. We're talking about the beast planet, right? right? So I. Uh, it's pretty much a planet covered in dinosaurs, and when you think about it that way, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense that they would have some pretty heavy duty equipment. So, right. so I don't know. It, it works for me. It, it, it made sense for me. So. Yeah. Well, you're, and you're talking about the droids too. I mean, come on, these droids uh, aren't the smartest, uh, you know, tools in the shed. There's fairly easy to uh, mani- manipulate the droids. So yeah. Uh, but cool. Leader has a trooper, man, and he's a new uh, poster posting a lot on there so good stuff man keep it going on the facebook yeah it's awesome yeah so we got to get into next week's episode it's called the soft war and uh the tagline is a surprising ally comes forward to help the rebels prevent the execution of onderon's true king and uh i got a preview for you take a listen to this i'm gonna have to narrate this a little bit because there's a lot of action going on but um i'll just play it and we'll uh I'll do the best I can to uh, help you out here. of reinforcements. Saws jumping into battle, helping out. And I apologize for that uh, uh, episode, upcoming episode description. Uh, <laughs> it was all I could find online. But you know what? There's a lot of action going on there. Basically, it's setting up uh, this showdown between, uh, you know, we talked about Dooku and he's him bringing this new Super, super guy, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh man, I just had it. Uh, uh yeah, I, I switched pages. <laughs> I Kalani, General Kalani, Kalani. yeah, so he's, yeah, exactly. He's bringing this new Kalani guy. Uh, obviously, there's tons of new, uh, super battle droids, 
so they're bringing uh, they're bringing the fight this time, and we see some action with with Saw, uh, definitely getting a lot more uh, confident in his abilities. Uh, he was jumping around this uh, the AAT tank, and uh, you know from from this point to when we saw him in the beginning, there's a big difference there. Um, so so uh, get ready for it. Looks like a lot more action in mm-hmm. the next episode. Uh, but that's all I got for uh, for next week's episode. Uh, kind of in the dark a little bit as to this uh, tagline. Did you see the tagline, Mike? It says a new, uh, a surprising ally. So there's yeah. a little something interesting there. What's that going to be? I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll find out, huh? Uh, but I guess that's going to do it for this week. What do you think, Mike? Anything else we need to talk about? No, I mean, that's it. Uh, that's it. We, we're all set for, you know, some uh, hardcore action, it sounds yeah. like, next week. Yeah. Uh, which sounds good to me. So I... Uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clonewarspodcast. On Twitter at twitter.com slash clonewars. And you can send all of your comments, questions, and feedback to mail at clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, and just a quick tidbit here on the end. I, I have a new podcast uh, yes. called quiver the green arrow podcast so any of you guys out there watching the new cw show arrow i my uh, my friend amanda and i have taken up the uh the the task of covering that on a weekly basis it's uh similar in format to front lines but a little bit different uh we we actually because amanda lives here in vancouver she comes over we sit there and we actually play the episode while we discuss it so I uh, so if you're if you're a fan of uh, DC Comics characters, uh, uh, the Green Arrow in particular, it's worth checking out, and uh, and then check us out at quiverpodcast.com, and uh, and you can find all of the other important links from there. So uh, hopefully you check that out. Uh, thank you for listening as always, and we will see you next week on Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. See you guys next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.